Thank you for joining us today. My name is Maccabee Griffin. This is my co-host, Martella Gonzalez, and this is Beyond the Pen, where we take that well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week, we sit down with a new author to not only have a discussion about their books and themselves, but learn the story behind the story. Our next guest is a speaker, mentor, and four-time author native to Queens, New York. His book, Heavy is the Head for Those Who Wear Crowns, The Entrepreneurial Kingdom, is an entrepreneurial journey that will inspire you to find your inner king or queen and create a kingdom that you're proud of. Not anyone else but you, because like any great ideas, they need a blueprint that was only built specifically for yourself. And to help figure out how to build it. And to do that, you need someone that's in your life that's been there before. This gentleman has done everything. He's an author. Like I said, he's a speaker. He's a mentor. He is an entrepreneur who has created a wine and uh, perfume business, exclusive wine and perfume, mind you. And he works very hard at what he's doing. And he's going to come on the show and he's going to give us the, some tools to help you find your inner queen and king. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Cure Regis in, king, in the King's Council and the author of Heavy is the Head for Those Who Wear Crowns, Mr. David K. Williams. David, it is so wonderful to have you on the show today. Thank you for being our counselor today. Hey, David. You know what? Hi, Marcella. Hi, Maccabee. First of all, you know what? If I could take that intro and blast that everywhere, I totally would. I love that. I appreciate the intro, man. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. for. I, it took me, I was like, every time, see, for me, I like to give some type of, int, like, some type of nickname to the author. And I was wondering, like, I wanted, I was going to say, like, the kingdom builder. I was like, no, no, there's only one kingdom <laughs> um, And I don't want to give him that much of a freaking ego. Um, no, 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 man, not, not too much pressure, man. Don't give yeah, no pressure, pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, okay. Like what? the royal vizier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I was like, what, can, what type of counselor can I make you? Well, there's a key. There is a word for it. It's a Latin. It is curi regis is what it is. I actually tried to put an accent to it. It didn't work, but I'll take it anyways. Anyways, <laughs> but I was really interested in this book because, you know, there's always been that idea of finding your inner king or your inner queen. Some people, they take it vice versa, and, you know, we deal with that. I have my queen sometimes inside me. Marcella knows that very well. I can be a drama queen sometimes. Such a drama queen. Hey, 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 hey. But anyways, no, I really did enjoy it because of how you are able to teach people how to embrace their crown and to... Understand the responsibilities that go with it, especially when defending your throne from those who would take it from you. And these ideas, yeah. like I said, have been around for very long, especially in the black community, because we're always trying to lift up our, our community by t- calling each other kings and queens, because that's what we are. Yeah. But what I thought was interesting about the way that you approached it was by asking your readers, what type of ruler they would be 
and the many different conversations that you've had, you know, over the years with various alpha males and females. So why was it so important for you to plant this, this thought seed, as I like to call it, in their subconsciousness, even before they even get to the first chapter? How heavy is that for those of our crowns came about? I was having a conversation with a friend about just my own progress on my own journey. And um, I had worked from a place of autopilot for a long time. Um, and I didn't realize my own progress. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize the different experiences that I've been able to have. But I didn't realize my own ideas. I didn't realize the people that really were able to relate to me in some kind of way, uh, whether that's in person or, or online, however it is that they relate to me. And having a um, an honest conversation with a friend, they encouraged me to uh, sit down and pause, sit down and, and take a break of the different places that I've been and the different places that I've been able to travel to and meet and meet people and all of these different things. And when I really decided to pause and take a break, uh, if you will, I said to myself that um, at the time, anyway, I said to myself, well, if I'm going to take a break, if I'm going to pause, then what I want people to say is that this guy was passionate about what he wrote. I felt what he was talking about. Not to say that they can't feel it in my other books, not to say that at all. But if this was going to be my my last book for a while, it was almost like I, I gave myself like a graceful bow out because I wanted to I wanted people to say, like, oh, I loved what he wrote. I could relate to a lot of bits and pieces of what he wrote. And um, having different people that have been able to relate to that in their own ways has really been the, the, the beautiful part of it. And that's what made me come up with that. Because it, it was going to be my last book for a while, just to kind of step away from it and pause and reconnect with myself and then get back to it. Not quitting, but taking a break. Right. Now, granted... I haven't. <laughs> I wrote another book right after that. But at the time, that's what I was thinking about. And I said, well, if I'm going to do that and I'm going to give myself a graceful bow up, I want people to say, like, this guy loves what he wrote. And I want people to be able to feel that. So that's where heavy is the head. The idea of it came from and just encouraging other people to find their own crowns. Like I hinted at. You know, I, that is so awesome because, you know, as someone who is creating their own brand, this being one of the seeds with the help of others around me like Marcella and all the people that she's brought into our lives as well for this. I noticed, especially at the beginning too, that you were always telling people, you know, they can be that tyrant or they can be the the king that is the wise king, the supporter, the one that yeah. helps to bring other people up with them. And I think that was really cool how you how you did that, because to me, the, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, as someone who is trying to create that big dream of that brand, for those who don't know, you know, the the basis of this, this whole uh, podcast is to have it as that seed to help to create these beneficial relationships with everybody pretty much involved in the publishing world. You know, we're trying to have these affiliations with, you know, publishers, with authors, obviously authors, but with um, distribution companies, you know, digital and physical, with, you know, social media gurus, with uh, videographers, photographers, uh, graphic designers, all these people that have something to do with 
creating this, all these creative people, we want to create this basic, this independent version uh, within the publishing world of Amazon, because Mm. we noticed that when we start to do this, that there's going to be a lot more books out. There's going to be a lot more stories shared, no matter if they are for children. It doesn't matter if they are traumatic in some way that they are using it as a basis for therapy or something, but also the idea that, you know, we always state, and this is something I always truly state is that every story is important and it needs to be told because that's the only way that we're going to stop repeating history. And absolutely. Like you said in there, you know, finding your king and queen is going to allow you to find that internal wisdom, find that concrete foundation that Mm -hmm. when someone tries to tear you down, you're like, yeah, whatever. That's your that's your opinion on that. Yeah. And and I'm going to I'm going to finish this up real quick. This thought process with as I went off a tangent. Totally fits. Totally fits. You you know, Marcella, you know. She always tells me you you talk too much. You talk too much, Mac. <laughs> See, told you, told you. This is the stuff I've got to deal with on a on a every day when I talk to this woman. I love her to death, but she's right. So I digress. Steve Harvey is known for saying, and I paraphrase this: that if you want a big dream to die quickly, tell a small minded person. Yeah. And like I said, as I was reading your book, I thought there was so many times that this had happened to not only myself, but many other people around me, even yeah. you stating in the beginning that, and I quote this, the people around me usually caught glimpses my, of my potential and what my mm-hmm. dreams would become, but their support was just as fleeting as my own courage. Now, yeah. why do you think this is? Is it do you think it's just because so many of us are willing to allow our personal fears and frustrations to dictate what we say in support quotations of other people's dreams or the lack thereof? Yeah. Uh I I think that uh when it comes to having your own dreams, uh this is something that I was raised to believe, which is uh, if you take care of family when they need it, they take care of you when you need it, right? That's one of the things that I was taught over and over and over again as as I was brought up by my biological family. And when I came to a decision, an, an internal decision that I didn't I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing, and I wanted to take the road less traveled, and I wanted to like just do my own stuff and do my own thing, I approached family members about that, and the same people that were telling me that. You know, you should look out for family 100% of the time. Those same people are not supporting what I'm doing to this day. And so it hurt. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it was like a punch to the gut. Mm-hmm. Um, but in hindsight, it's made room for other people that have really supported and really resonated with what I'm trying to do in the process of doing or whatever it is. And so even though it hurt in the moment, and I did cry about that uh, because I was, in essence, a family man. I was raised to be a family man to some degree. And so when you're dri- when that's drilled in your brain and then you decide that I'm going to pursue my own dreams and do my own thing. And the same people that were telling you that are now giving you their buzz a kiss and they're saying, well, that's not my dream. I don't understand it, but I wish you well. Then 
it can almost make you bittersweet a little bit. And I found myself coming close to that point of being bittersweet. But then, like I said, I ran into people that really resonated with it. And that's where, because I know you had also hinted at it, that's where I kind of decided to lead from a place of not ruthlessness, not being super cold and just bitter and just super aggressive, but a place of compassion. That That's kind of where I found my, my niche. And so it's opened up the door for, um, like I said, people that resonate with me, you know, so the family part of it, it hurt initially, but I did get over it over time. It took a while, took a while, but I did get over it over time. And, you know, I think that's uh, what a lot of people need to start doing personally, because, you know, if I had not taken this road, um, mm-hmm. I would still and and listen to the people, you know, and sometimes even the people that are close to you saying, you know, oh, if you want to do this, make sure that you have a backup plan because yeah. you don't want to be left where you, you fail and then you have nothing. Well, that's and and I understand that because they're they, they're looking out for you. They don't want you to get hurt. But the problem is when you tell somebody that you're already telling them that they're failing. Yeah, because you don't trust in their in their idea. You're right. already trying to judge them before they even start, which in turn leaves that little thought seed in their subconscious saying that you didn't support them from the beginning. Yeah. And they're going to hold that. And unfortunately, those little thought seeds that are negative in some way, even though they didn't mean to be, start to turn into these weeds and they start to just in root really hard into that brain. And it's very hard to remove that. I definitely agree. Uh, and there's a chapter that I spoke about or well, wrote about called um, Worthy, where I dealt with that. Before I got to this place of, you know, books and all these things, I did deal with that. I did deal with wanting to share my vision with people who were feeling as though they didn't understand it. So in essence, they were, like you said, doubting before I even got a chance to prove it, before I even got a chance to um which has in turn kind of made me have this thing of just taking my chances. I'll, I'll take my chances and I can accept trying something and coming up short on my own. I can accept that because I gave it my all and I just came up short. I can accept that. But to have somebody who doesn't know me from a hole in the wall telling me that it can't be done. No, I can't accept that. I just, I can't. Cause I've dealt with that. I've dealt with that before. And so that's kind of when I developed this thing of like, I'll just, I'll take my chances. I'll see what happens. And if I fall short, then cool, fine. But, but I can say that I tried. I can say that I attempted to do it. And so that's where this whole thing of like, I'll take my chances kind of came from. So uh, Mac, you know that, that David is a personal friend of mine and without having read uh, his book uh, or any of his other books, and I didn't say that I didn't read it. I, I actually did look through it, you know, my wife, so I have, <laughs> but uh, having met you and know you on a more personal level, because you're like family to, to us. Sure. Um, I, I know that you're an extremely genuine person and I know some of your struggles or your challenges rather. I don't like the word struggles. Mm-hmm. And first of all, very proud of you for being you and becoming the king that you are. Can you tell us a little bit more about the journey of 
writing this particular book and how you ended up developing yourself because I know that beforehand you said okay this is this is I'm going to write about this and show people that they can be their own king or queen how have you changed since writing it because I I feel like like I said having read some of it I say well there yeah that's that's you I just feel like now there's more to you since having (laughs) yeah so I'm just curious um what you can tell everybody about how your journey has changed you um, uh, in writing this book. Well, thank you for that question. We'll leave it to Marcella to ask challenging questions. No, all jokes aside, uh, how have I changed? I think that I've changed um, because I understand that it's not just me, right? It's not just, even though at the time, like, I did feel very much like a lone wolf. That's not the case anymore. I've, I've met people that have kind of said, hey, man, like, I see your essence and i see your energy and your aura and whatever it is and with us you're safe because disclaimer for those that are going to be listening i am an only child so that also added to the um the inspiration behind the title being an only child and kind of wanting brothers and sisters and wanting yes i did i wanted somebody else to point the finger at so i didn't always have to be in trouble i did want that but that just wasn't that unfortunately that just wasn't in the cards and so that also played a part in the inspiration behind the book, kind of talking from a place of being an only child. And so now to kind of meet people that resonate with me and just allow me to be me and aren't trying to put me in a box and drop an anvil and all this extra stuff. I think that's been like the game changer. And it's kind of let me say, okay, I can kind of relax. Like I don't have to be in Marcella's words, not mine, a workaholic. I don't have to be a workaholic. I kind of just chill out and enjoy the fruits of what I've been able to do. Because a long time, I didn't feel like I could do that. I kind of felt like I could enjoy it for the moment, enjoy it for like the first like 20 minutes. But then it's like, okay, you've congratulated yourself for like 20 minutes. All right, back to work. Like, it, like so that's what I was dealing with when I wrote the book. And that's not really what I'm dealing with now. So being around people that just let me be natural and let me be sarcastic and funny and just nice and all this extra stuff that I just naturally am. That's been the biggest change since when I wrote the book and a year like later. So that's been it. So what you're saying is, is that um, <laughs> it's allowed you to become the authentic you. Yeah. Uh, to, for anyone who doesn't know that authentic you freight pair uh, where that came from, <laughs> Miss uh, Christina Holly wrote a book on that too, which other people should listen to, and 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 uh, also all the other wonderful authors we've had on previous to Mr. David here. Excuse me, Mr. Williams. <laughs> um, he only did it because he knew I was going to correct him. <laughs> there, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> See, this is the authentic us too. Yeah, this um, is. But that's but what you said was and that I thought was really interesting is that you know as an entrepreneur, like many of us are these days, because of mm-hmm. you know last year with everybody losing their jobs and not being able to really truly find their passion, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you have to do. You have to be a workaholic for a while, unfortunately. Yeah. And just to be, especially if you're creative like us, you know, you have to be on the ball 24 seven. I remember earlier today, 
when I was just relaxing a bit before I started to work on some things today, mm-hmm. there was a young lady on YouTube. Um, her name is, um, um, oh my goodness, her name just flipped, lost my head. You would get a brain fart on a podcast. I know. It's always on the podcast <laughs> you get a brain fart, especially when you want to shout out on them too. Um, but anyways, she was, one of the videos that she put out today on YouTube was just her just being her uh, true self. It wasn't her trying to entertain and be happy and be funny for people and make these jokes. It was her being like her defenses were down and she showed her true self the same. Like, you know, one of the things with YouTube is that if you take like a day off from Mm -hmm. putting stuff out, then your ranks automatically drop. You know, people are not seeing you as much. And it is... And unfortunately, that's how it is with any social media thing, too. When you're creative and you try to push stuff out so much to get that exposure, to get people to find you and see you, it is one of those really hard jobs that I never thought I would have to do as someone who is an actor. Because all I thought was, oh, I just have to do audition after audition after audition just to get, you know, those big projects. And that didn't work out real well. I did a full year of that and got nothing except for like 10 things. And that was it. But what the reason why I'm saying that is, is because you're right. It is like a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, think that they have to work so hard to get their name out there so much that they forget to look at what they were doing and where they were coming from and finding the people around them that help to put them where they are and give them the success that they they want it. And all of a sudden, you know, they get to that chance and like, Oh man, I don't know if I want this anymore. And that's when they start doubting themselves and stuff. The re the other reason why I brought this is because you took a, your journey was something that was very interesting when you, when you put it out there was that you cut yourself off completely. Yeah. Like you went into like the cabin and just wrote. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what made you decide to like, okay, I need to cut every distraction out. I need to do, I just need to be so, so um, you know, by myself and just yeah. write. What made me do that? Um, I had a friend that initially, because I, w- I was a I was a blogger before I even I call it graduating, uh, before I graduated to books. Um, I was a blogger because I wanted to be comfortable with the idea of writing a book. And so I had a friend that came across one of my blogs. I think I had written 30 within like a three month period or something. And they had put the bug in my ear that I should write a book. And I sat on it. I sat on it. I didn't do anything with it right away. Uh, But then the more and more that I sat with it, the more I just kind of said, write a book, write a book, write a book, write a book. And so I just stopped fighting it. And I said, well, if I'm going to do that, then having a lot of people involved is going to mess up my process. Cause I feel like opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one and some of them stink. So um, having too many people involved in the writing process, it messes up my flow. And I figured that out very early on. And so once I got a taste of writing and just being expressive and it allowed me to see wherever my mind takes me, and I didn't have to um, apologize for it. I didn't really have to run it by anybody. I could just kind of like treating it like hopping in a car and just cruising and just cruising on a highway and just letting my mind go 
Like, even though in the physical world, I couldn't do that. So I was like, well, I need some type of escape. I need to get these thoughts out some kind of way. And so that's when writing kind of became super important. And I said, well, this makes sense. Like, this, this feels right. This makes sense. And it took me like a year. Like, my first book took about, about a year and a half. Even while I was working, uh, I would write on, like, the weekends. I, I found a way. I would, I would write on the weekends. Whether it was a paragraph, whether it was a page, I didn't really care. I just had something to say, and I wanted to get it out. And it took about a year. And I had, I think I had, like, my first book at, like, 12 in the morning on, like, March, March 15th is when I wrote. I mean, not March, June 15th was when I was able to say, okay, all of these, all of this quiet time that I've been doing has paid off. And here's the end result of all that time just spent focusing. And so it not only was, um, cause I did cry like a baby disclaimer. So it was also a form of redemption because I had jumped around from job to job, trying to figure out my place in the world. I had jumped around a lot from security guard to mailroom messenger to retail like I jumped around a lot and I was like okay I can't keep jumping around I can't and I have to find something that I can apply the same amount of determination that I would apply for jobs and going to work for somebody else I need to do that for me I need to apply that same level of determination for me and for me books was the first thing that manifested and so I tell people all the time that I didn't plan on being four to five books in but I'm glad I did I'm glad I did. But yeah, it was just conversation with a friend that opened up the floodgates for just expression. It opened up the floodgates for expression. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I got to this place, man, of quietness and solitude and enjoying my own company. Because before I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy my own company. I was always trying to share with somebody or pair with somebody. And I needed to be by myself. It was important for me to be by myself. And you know what? I think that's something that everybody needs to do at least once in a while is just to get away from get away from everyone and just take that solitude and yeah. um, realize exactly who they really are and find yeah. their true passion. Because you're right. There is a lot of people that are very creative, that are very smart, that can do so much. They just have too much noise in their head. They got too many people telling them certain things that they don't need to hear. And, you know, for someone who is, tries to be very creative, you know, I've always, I always like to create background stories for characters. And for me, that's fun. That is my, that is a passion. Character voices, great. Yeah, I'll do them all day long. And and Marcello's (laughs) actually heard me do a lot of that. But, Hey, you know, when you can sit down and just have a conversation with yourself, it's yeah. always interesting, especially when other people walk in like, okay, yeah, he's lost it. Um, but then again, <laughs> I stand in a padded room and talk to myself and get paid for it. So it's part of the environment anyways. But I digress. The The reason why I was saying all of that is because your journey as you just explained to us, is so important to what is going on. Yeah. You know, especially in your life. You would never 
found that passion of creating a uh, enterprise of wine and perfumes, you know, and you never would have written these books, you know, and that's something I think a lot of people really do need to do sometimes is just get away from everybody, find your happy place, go yeah. find your cabin in the woods, just make sure that you have plenty of ammunition and stuff like that, just in case. Hey, I've seen too many cabins in the woods and it doesn't end well, especially for black people. Okay. We are always the first ones to go. That is a fact. That is a fact. I'm safe. It's always the strong leading woman that wins. So, <laughs> yeah, normally because the strong, never mind. I'm going to leave that one alone. Yeah, leave it alone. <laughs> leave it alone. Leave it alone. Uh, uh, I'm going to get hurt so badly later on. I could tell. Um, no, but, but in seriousness, you know, there, there's, there was this other quote that I really love that's been going around, and it was saying, no one is going to push you. No one is going to tell you to turn off the TV. No one's coming to tell you to get out the door and exercise. No one's coming to tell you to apply for the job you've always dealt, you've always dreamed about, dreamt about. Yeah. And nobody's coming to write the business plan for you. It's up to you. And that's where it usually cuts off. What would you attach to that last part? Would you um, add something else to that? And what would it be? Uh, I, you know what I would, cause I think that the, that the other side of that phrase is it's also up to you to find your tribe because your tribe is also out there, even though initially in the entrepreneurial space, it does feel like you're by yourself. Like nobody gets your vision. Nobody understands what you're doing. Uh, so on and so forth. And it is up to you to find your, your tribe. So if I could add anything to it, it would be that cause it's not, and that's also something else that I spoke about in the book. Like, even though I'm like the front runner for the dream or vision or whatever it is, I'm not a one man show. I'm not. Even though I started off that way, I'm not a one man show. I've met people that that I've connected with in other states that loved what I wrote about. So now they're helping me get the word out in their space and whatever they're doing, even though I can't physically be there. Right. So I think that if I could add anything, it would be to that. It's also up to you to find your tribe because they do exist. They are out there. So it's not 100% just you by yourself, like all the time, even though you have your moments where you got to be by yourself and you got to allow people to focus on what they're doing. But knowing that there's also people that you can call on and that will, that will be in a position to actually help. So that's what I would add to, to kind of finish that saying off. Especially the weird ones. And speaking of fear. <laughs> yes, especially the weird ones. Gotta stick together, man. <laughs> the only reason why I said that, because I know Marcella is just staring me down like, I will burn you, please. And she probably will because she's a witch. Um, I said witch, <laughs> witch, witch, not the other word. Um, um, don't stop. She's staring me down, ladies and gentlemen. I really am scared for my life. Um, but no, the reason why I say this is because one, we have a clubhouse that's actually called the Weird Ones, and it is our tribe. And the other way was just my way of you know getting Marcella back into the conversation because it's time for Marcella's <laughs> corner. Oh, I got to work on that. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we do. Got to work on that. <laughs> 
Well, if you give me a better better title than just my I'm coming up with one. I am coming up with one. We'll have one soon. And uh, questions too. Uh, we have five questions, David, and I think you're going to like some of them. Some of them you're just going to be like, what? Anyway, um, in general, what's inspired your literary journey that could also help inspire others to write and do the same? First of all, I like that question. So thanks, Michelle. What's inspired my literary journey? Um, a couple of things. For one, uh, music is, I have a symbiotic relationship with music. And I find myself listening to, like, whatever book I'm working on, I find a song related to it. So, for example, like, Heavy is the Head, right? So, one of the songs that I was listening to when I wrote it was Castle Walls by Christina Aguilera. Yes, I do listen to Christina Aguilera. Don't judge me. No. No judgment. <laughs> um, but it fit with the theme of the book. And so, that's also, that's one way that I get inspiration. Uh, another way that I get inspiration is from conversation. So somebody can say something that sticks out to me in conversation. And that's also why I don't watch TV, because I'll find something on TV that sounds catchy. And then that becomes a new idea. And then I joke with the universe about swamping me with more ideas. So I purposely just put myself on punishment and don't watch TV. But it's mainly conversations and in music where I get my inspiration from. And then just having the experience of seeing where my heart wants to go and not really having to ask people for permission to see where my heart wants to go. Cause that's something that I used to do a lot of wanting to see if somebody approved of it, wanting to see if they were okay with it, wanting to see this, wanting to see that. And I just got sick of it. I just got sick of asking people for permission. And that's actually how I've gotten to <laughs> book number four that's actually how i've gotten to book number four by not waiting on people to give me permission um i didn't wait i didn't ask anybody i kind of just went with an idea um and just see where it took me so if i could narrow it down and kind of sum it all up it would definitely be that like be open to where your heart wants to take you and other people don't have to agree if they do then that's great and that's cool but their agreement isn't needed for where you're going it's not needed. So that is pretty much how I would sum that up. All right. Number two. Let's see how quickly you can answer this one. I <laughs> uh, quickly, fucking quickly. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what are some common traps that have happened to you, David, that you can, or that you've seen happen to other writers or aspiring writers? Giving people, giving the wrong people access to what you're writing about. That was something that I dealt with spe specifically in this That's book. That's a great answer. That's um, a great answer. <laughs> yeah. And they wanted to like change titles. And I was like, no, that doesn't fit the direction of where I'm going. So yeah, I had to kick them out of my book. I had to, because they were trying to make it their book instead of letting me flow with it. So that's definitely something that I would encourage people to do. Don't let people and their opinions change your what you're writing about number three this mm -hmm. is my favorite question you're going to love this question ready <laughs> sure what is your writing kryptonite really, really? <laughs> oh man Superman. i didn't i didn't plan this okay these are just <laughs> yeah <laughs> um my writing kryptonite is coming up with too many projects at one time because I, I feel like I have a lot that's in me still. And I just want to ooze it. Like, I just want to ooze it out sometimes. And 
focusing on one thing at a time has its benefits, but I want to do two, three, and four books a month. That's kind of what I want to do, but I wouldn't do that. But so, yeah, that's my kryptonite. Focusing on one thing at a time. That's a really great answer too. Everybody has a different answer. And, and each time we got these amazing responses. Um, so number four, you ready? Mm-hmm. If you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Start sooner. Don't allow other people to have that much power over you. It's where you feel like you want to do the thing, but you don't because somebody said no. So in essence, just start sooner. So that's, that's pretty much what I would say, kind of keeping it short, but that's what I would say. Start sooner. I like that. Um, all right. So final question. Mm-hmm. Is there a quote that inspires you to continue writing or that encourages you to be you, David? Uh, yeah. So I think I came up with this in one of my books, but uh, even through a cracked shield and broken bones, I would push forward. Regardless of what anybody says, regardless of what comes my way, if it's something that I feel that I should be doing, nine times out of ten, it'll get done. It'll take a while, but I usually do whatever it is that I've set out to do. So even though it cracks you with broken bones, I will push forward. That that would be like my favorite quote. So that's your own quote, David? Yeah. I love that. I need that on a shirt. We need um, that tweeted so we can we can retweet that out, ladies and gentlemen, and use that like crazy because that's insane <laughs> and I love it. I love it. So I want to thank our guest, Mr. David K. Williams II, for being our guest and sharing with us the story behind his book, Heavy is the Head for Those Who Wear Crowns, The Entrepreneurial Kingdom. David, thank you so much again. The floor is yours. Please tell everyone where they can find you online, any special events that you'll be participating in, and anything you would love to close the show with. First of all, I got to say thank you to um, Mac, B, and Marcello for politely grilling me up here. I love you guys and I appreciate y'all. <laughs> we love um, you, David. <laughs> but I can be found on Instagram. Uh, I can also be found, I'm on Facebook. Uh, and I'm also on Clubhouse. Uh, my, I guess my handle, I guess that's what they call it these days, on Clubhouse, I mean, not Clubhouse, on Instagram, is Kyle's Enterprises. So that's K A Y L E S. E-N-T-E-R-P-R-I-S-E-S. And then that's also my handle on Twitter. And on Clubhouse, my thing is uh, beloved because David was too common. So uh, I changed it. Somebody broke down the meaning behind David. It was beloved. So if anybody looks up beloved, you can find me there. Where can my books be found? They're on Amazon. And then they're also available in Walmart. Uh, and then they're also, I connected with somebody in Virginia. So for anybody that's in the Virginia area that wants to go to a library, um, a library or two and look up the titles of them, heavy as the headers in two libraries in Virginia. And then also, uh, through clubhouse, um, I connected with somebody in Pennsylvania. And so my book is also available in Pennsylvania and the libraries. And so if anyone is looking to purchase heavy as a head or wants autographed copies, I have some. I always keep some physical copies also. So, <laughs> so if anybody wants one, Marcella included, just hit me up. Just send me a message on Instagram, on Twitter, wherever you can find me. 
and I'll definitely message you and send out info. I'm always left out because Marcella is the prettier one. So everybody just goes <laughs> to her. I'm thinking I'm way I'm, I'm up here waving saying me, me, me. He's like, okay, I'll get one for Marcella. Thanks, Dave. Da- David, can you send one to my friend Mac too? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course, Mac. Cannot forget you, bro. Of course not. I can send one to you. Absolutely. You already did. You already forgot, man. I Anyways. Thank you again, David, for being on our show today. Just hang out for a little bit real quick be so that me and Marcella can uh, get our uh, last thoughts in real quick about you and uh, especially about you uh, and your <laughs> book and everything else. So just hang in there, mute yourself, whatever you got to do, and we'll be right with you. I promise. All right. No problem. Thanks for having me once again. Yay. All right, Marcella. What's your final word on him? On Mr. David K. Williams the second. Well, you know, he's a personal friend. The second time saying it. It reminds me. And, and you know I'm gonna quote Stephen King. That's like true. I always do. That's true. And Every I probably time. already said this one at one point, but it David reminds me of this one quote by King from his book on writing, which is one of my favorite books by him. The mm-hmm. scariest moment is always just before you start. That's true. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. So for me, I, I highly recommend getting the book because even through, even though I have it on, on digits, um, I'm looking for that hard copy because one, I already know it's going to be a bestseller, especially with the, uh, the autograph and everything too. So um, makes it a lot better because it's something that I can hold on to, especially when he becomes that legendary icon in, in the field that I can always go, see you no remember pressure, that? pressure. <laughs> my thoughts not yours anyways no <laughs> kidding but i i do highly recommend everybody go to amazon get the book heavy is the head for those who wear crowns the entrepreneurial kingdom and buy it today get it as a gift for all those creatives in your life all those people that just want to go out and and be better, be a better them and to help change this world because we need a lot of people to help change this world. And the best way you can do that is just by helping one person. And even if that person is a family member or your best friend or the stranger down the street that you know, that you've went in, into contact with them every once in a while, but please, 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 Get this episode out there, get people to come and listen to it, because just like every entrepreneur that we bring our entrepreneur and author, we want them to get their name out there. We want them to be found because their story, just like Mr. Williams, is very important. It's very inspiring because we need people like that out there. So anyways, what we can do, what you can do for us, find us on Spotify Find us on Apple Podcasts, on iHeartRadio, on all your favorite uh, podcast uh, players. Please, please, please share this as much as you can. Join us live this Saturday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, YouTube, and on our fan page, uh, Beyond the Pin fan page on Facebook. 
as well as our uh, new link on LinkedIn. And just allow us to help inspire your day, as well as those other days that you just miss us. Because we know you miss us. Because again, as crazy as me and Martell are, you kind of have to miss us. Because we're Yeah, we're they miss me, Matt. <laughs> fine, fine. You miss Marcella. You miss Marcella. Anyways, so join us live this Saturday, Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and YouTube when we talk to another inspiring author as they share their book, an inspiring story, story behind the story. So until next time, folks, remember to keep writing, keep inspiring, and keep sharing as you go beyond the pen. folks that's a wrap for this episode of beyond the pen we hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it if you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything beyond the pen follow us on twitter at beyond the pen pod and instagram at beyond the pen podcast for even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more make sure to visit our website at beyond the pen Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's Video On Demand and Livestream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing inspiring and sharing as you go beyond the pen.